0: Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Today's reading is found in Romans chapters 8 through 10. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you so even though your body will die because of sin the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the the Spirit, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own dear children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering. We too wait for the eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something... We don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we will know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory." What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us when God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading with us. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger, threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. no. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels or demons. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if it would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed His glory to them. He made covenants with them gave them His law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping Him and receiving His wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors. And Christ Himself was an Israelite as far as His human nature is concerned. And He is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then... Has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are true members of God's, of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year and Sarah, will have a son. The son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebecca, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, not, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but rejected Esau. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion on anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses, chooses to harden the hearts of others, so they refuse to listen. Well then, you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, Why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those from whom he selected, from both the Jews and from the Gentiles. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the time where they were told, you are not my people, They, there they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded why not because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law of instead of of trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself, refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, Don't say in your heart, Who will go up to heaven to bring christ down to earth and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring christ back to life again in fact it says the message is very close at hand it is on your lips and in your heart and that message is the very message about faith that we preach if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are in the same are the same in this respect have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth, and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. In today's reading, we see Paul's deep concern for the Jews. He has a, such a heart for his, his, fellow, his fellow nation, his fellow people. That he goes so far in the say, if it would mean that they could all be saved, he would be willing to give up his own hope of salvation. This is a very bold statement, but it shows the heart and the concern of a man who wanted all to come to know Jesus as Savior. I would hope and pray that we would have that same heart and concern for the lost. You see, it's very tempting for us to have the the knowledge of salvation, to have the, the assurance of what Jesus has done for us, that we would be remiss to think about others. We need to have a heart of evangelism, a heart that wants all to know Jesus as Lord. Paul so clearly states here it has nothing to do with your pedigree of where you come from doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile what is needed is faith in Jesus Christ and that faith that belief is going to lead to action to repent of our sins to be baptized but this is needed for all people Some people will say, well, because I'm a good person or because I'm a Jew, or in our case, sometimes people even think because I'm an American, I am saved. It has nothing to do with that. There are going to be many, many people who are, quote unquote, good people that are lost because they never put their faith and trust in Jesus. That needs to be our goal, that we want to share that message with all. And we're willing to do whatever it costs so that more will know Jesus as Savior. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast.